Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. It's so good to get a few minutes together today. Welcome and thank you for joining me, Bruce Goddard at Faith Baptist Church in Wildemar, California. Um, these uh, next few podcasts are going to be centered around the subject of, of a commitment to purity. We are in a world that is just fast racing down the slope into the most uh, shameful and pitiful of lifestyles. And everything from appearance to action to vocabulary has become so corrupt in our country. And um, it, it's a shame. It's a shame when the judicial branch of our government uh, has no problem lying. It's a shame when the politicians are... Um, corrupt and deceitful and immoral and and uh, and yet in um, in recent months maybe last couple of years we have seen such moral uh, corruption not just creep in but literally explode in our public school systems in the media and in the world around us and I thought it'd be appropriate to take a few of our mornings uh, morning moments and uh, these podcasts and just uh, just talk a little bit about what the Bible says about purity. It is almost embarrassing or awkward to talk about purity. Uh, but you know, today, Matthew 5, 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So today I want to take a few minutes and talk about that little statement, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I am not embarrassed to talk about purity. I'm not embarrassed to talk about young people marrying pure and and uh, having a 41-year marriage to my wife and having kept our marriage vows. Um, it's just one of those things that used to be assumed but has been so um, so much neglected in conversation. And uh, the idea of, of uh, keeping our vows is almost um, maybe a little bit of a, of a funny thing. Um, someone did a survey, and I don't keep statistics and things, but I'm um, not good with, um, if I filed something, I wouldn't be able to find it. But a while back, someone did a survey of university students and just asked the question, if you marry, would you expect your spouse to keep their vows or would you expect them to be unfaithful? And, uh, oh, the percentage of, of college students who would assume their spouse was going to be unfaithful, was it was just astronomical. A huge, huge percentage of college students, if they marry, they assume their spouse is going to be unfaithful. And uh, I just sit and think, I, I, it never even crossed my mind. I just can't even imagine. Uh, I can't imagine violating my vows to my wife. I can't imagine my wife, wife uh, violating her vows to me. <clears throat> and yet, that is becoming more and more unheard of. Um, I take that Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I take it um, literally applied, if you want real strict theology, uh, probably to the earthly reign of Christ. Figuratively, it would be applied to the first century believers when Christ spoke it, as well as to all believers to today. Uh, the pure in heart will, quote, see God, end quote. It's theologically difficult to align. The scripture says, no man hath seen God. But let's stick to the spiritual application. Each scripture 
would have a literal interpretation. It would have a historical application and then a spiritual application. Remember, in Corinth, Paul said um, of the wilderness wanderings in the book of Numbers, he said, these things are written for our admonition. They're written to, to teach us, to guide us. Um, they are real stories that really happen. And the reason they're recorded for us is it's good for us. It teaches us, it guides us. <clears throat> now, if you want a closeness to the Lord, if you want to have a clear view of God, it's going to depend on your personal purity. I'm not, I make no bones about it. Um, I'm not talking about yesterday or last week or last year or last decade. I'm talking about you need to make a decision that purity is more important to you than this vulgar and crude world. This is not a verse about salvation, but about intimacy, about a closeness and intimate walk, a personal knowledge with God, personal knowledge of God, a closeness to God, a clear view of God. And as we uh, enter into some of these uh, these next few lessons, um, uh, I, I want us to consider our personal purity. This is not you being critical of your spouse or a neighbor. It's just just let's consider personal purity. What does it mean to be of pure in heart, and how does it apply to my life? See, if we get a glass of water, and the outside is clean, but the inside is filthy, obviously that's a problem. And God likewise desires those who love him to be clean, not only in that outward appearance that the neighbors see or the people at church see, but, but what's in our heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. You know, the Pharisees they labored for this outward righteousness. And in Luke 11, 39, the Lord said, you, now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Uh, it was an issue that their inside was so corrupt. Matthew 23, 27, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, um, but are within full of dead men's bones even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity um, <clears throat> i'm not saying god doesn't care about the outside but i'll say this god longs for purity and heart and uh, in those days uh, people would paint the tombs so you wouldn't get near the near the uh, grave and it would warn people that there's corruption that there's defilement weeds might grow over a tomb and Maybe the tomb, uh, the tombstone would be scattered or knocked over, um, and someone could uh, unknowingly defile themselves. It's not like our beautiful cemeteries to, uh, that we have today. The Old Testament law said if you touch something dead, uh, you're unclean, Numbers 19.11. <clears throat> and so as such, the, the Jews got in the habit of avoiding getting close to the dead. Um, our Lord made it clear, though, that the inside had to be the focal point. Yes, the outside matters. But the outside should be a reflection of the inside. A clean outside is, is representative of, of the holiness inside. And without the inside being clean, the outside is a fraud. And uh, Psalm 17.3, I love this passage. I remember reading it, and it hit me. I don't know if it was the first time I read it, but I thought, oh, I want this for my own verse. Psalm 17.3, Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. And um, just that very idea that God could prove my heart and find nothing. And I, I long to have a, a, a life of purity, a, a life of holiness that my wife would not doubt me, that my children would not doubt me, and, and that those who know me well wouldn't doubt me. Um, 
uh, over in First Peter, we read uh, a word or two about uh, purity of heart and, um, and, 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 and love, how a pure heart relates to love. First Peter 1.22, it says, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit to unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So the ability to love the brethren in an unfeigned or nothing fake manner, it, it requires a pure heart. So purifying the soul and unfeigned love of the brethren, they go together, pure, a pure heart. Uh, an unfeigned love means there's, there's nothing insincere, artificial, it's real. Now you choose the definition you want looking up words in a dictionary about unfeigned, but basically real, honest, goodness, love is a byproduct of a pure heart, of a, of a pure heart and a pure soul. Uh, there's no real love of the brethren without purity. And for this reason, uh, the pulpit of every pastor should exalt holiness and should point out sin. And a church that compromises on sins of heart as well as sins in behavior is going to have nothing but insincere love in the church. And so Peter directs um, his readers, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. <clears throat> he, he says a, a higher quality of love demands a higher quality of purity. Purity will give birth to a love that will last out the storms of life. Purity will give you help in tough times. Purity um, will cleanse the mind from foolish accusations, jumping to conclusions and prejudices. Purity distills love to its finest quality. And the slanderer, the false accuser, the person who believes every accusation they read on social media, their problem is not their head. Their problem is, is their heart is not pure. And therefore, their love cannot be pure. You can't possess biblical love if that love is not rooted in a pure heart. <clears throat> and we all know that for marriage, if my actions are impure, my wife would accuse my love of being fraudulent. Our marriages are failing because our, because our youth are growing up so impure. Their minds are defiled, their hearts are defiled, and often their bodies are defiled. That white dress at the altar has come to mean very little uh, when it comes to the heart, when it should be, that white dress should be a picture of purity and holiness, um, of a shamefacedness, where today our world is so filled with, um, with impurity and, uh, and perversion. Our marriages fail because there was never the purity of heart and mind that can give birth to biblical love and an intimacy, not physically, but, but, but in a, a relationship between two people uh, that is rooted in a pure love. Purity is the garden in which love might blossom and grow. And this is why so many people bounce from one partner to another. They have no purity. They have no real love. And so their shallow commitment <clears throat> is nothing more than uh, something that they use, that relationship, just something that they use for gain, for a few moments pleasure, maybe a few years pleasure. And then when it gets awkward or difficult, they uh, realize, I don't love this person. Well, the problem is they, ne they never had real love. Uh, Timothy says this, 1 Timothy 1.5. Paul writes to Timothy, now the end of the commandment is charity, or we use the term love, charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Charity, much like love, is a fountain that flows from a heart of purity. 
And without that purity, the waters that flow are bitter and hurtful. Our marriages and the raising of our children is failing because the basis of our home should be a love built on purity. But because our homes, our hearts, our televisions, our books, we'll talk more about that another day, uh, but because there's so much impurity pouring into our heads and hearts, we are unable to provide the kind of love that builds strong, lasting relationships. And may we love one another with a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hey, have a great day. Thanks for taking a few minutes together with us.